1: Hey, welcome back. It's another episode of A Fistful of colors, your favorite jiu-jitsu podcast here from the Flow Rappling Studio. Howl Teague, Reid Connell, and Chase Smith, once again, here at the Blue Table to discuss... What's been going on in jiu-jitsu, and there is some interesting news recently. I think there's actually... Always is. Yeah, I think there's a lot of interesting news to
2: discuss from the last week or so. First of which, we have William Wallace guest-starring with us today. Look at that hair. Luscious. <laughs> Luscious.
1: <laughs>
0: right? You guys like it? All right,
1: all right. It is a very hairy podcast. I feel left out. Chase has got his hair growing. For and, the record, there's no competition places. happening
2: right now. We just look like this. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways.
1: Anyways, back on topic. Well... Big news is that we may finally get an answer to what's going on with Dylan Danis's MMA career. Because Monday, February 25th, there is a hearing scheduled at the Nevada State Athletic Commission. And they're going to be, among other things, they're going to be looking at uh, the disciplinary complaint regarding to Dylan Danis last year there. What do you guys uh, think about that?
0: Yep, I know there's a, a lot of people out there, including myself, on pins and needles waiting to find out. What's going to happen to Dylan Dennis?
2: I hope nothing too severe. Maybe they'll uh, count time served or whatever. You know, he's been out of action for quite a while now, and I'd love to see him back in the, in the cage as quickly as possible. Yeah, so. he's,
0: he's 1-0. I want to see him get get this the second uh, second fight for sure. So so.
1: This this is the thing, right? Because obviously Dylan was, uh, you know, one of the uh, brightest talents from jiu-jitsu and grappling to make that transition into MMA and obviously working with the highest profile fighter in the world, Conor McGregor. And then he got into it, uh, ringside in that post-fight chaos scenes, yeah, Yeah. with Khabib uh, throwing punches and stuff. So um, you know he had one fight in Bellator, but since then he hasn't been able to fight. He's basically been in limbo. Until this until this resolution, so we could see whether he gets a, a suspension or whether he'll just be like a fined or who knows. But we'll find that out on Monday, correct? Yeah. Monday. Um, Khabib got kabib got like six months and then I think like
2: five hundred thousand dollar fine. Yeah, yeah. And $1. then like his,
0: his teammates, I think got nine months to a year. or something. So they, they got a little bit longer of a sentence than Khabib did. So I, I think you have to probably assume they jumped
2: the cage though. See, I, I feel like there's a true, lot of true. details involved that. I don't know. So I, yeah, it's hard see. to know
0: where they're going to come down on on Dylan, for because because Dylan did kind of like call him out, you know. So it's like, did he kind of incite it or or what, or was he just reacting? So it is. It's going to be interesting to see where the Nevada Athletic Commission comes down on
1: that issue, and they're they're notoriously kind of um, tough. So they can be. Well, like we said, fingers crossed. You know, we get to see Dylan back in action soon. Uh, you know, we're obviously. Want to see him. It's going to be a big year for Jiu Jitsu and MMA. It I is. think. There's a
0: you know? lot already. So many, so many guys. You got guys, Jiu Jitsu guys fighting for titles maybe this year. You got, you know, of course, uh, Ryan Hall had a huge win last year um, that I think sets him up for a big year. Um, I'm, I'm talking about Lovato Jr. as well. Mackenzie Dern hopefully going to be making some big waves this year as well. And maybe then, we'll see AJ Agazon get back in the cage. Of course. You know, AJ stumbled kind of off the blocks, but, um, you know, we know AJ is a resilient guy, so I'm sure he'll be. He'll be back out there.
2: But uh, the talk of the town, and it's been everywhere, is, of course, Cron Gracie's debut in the USC last weekend. Had a dominant performance over uh, Alex Caceres. And submission victory. What did you guys uh, think watching that? Well, it's kind of to be expected, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, uh, no, I love Krohn. No, no. I, I wanted him to win. He
1: was but... 4-0 coming into this fight. But Caceres was like 11-5 and and uh, or something yeah, in, but in UFC uh, fights. He was going into that with 100% finishing rate. Right? But every one, every one fight, one fight a year, though. I mean, t-
2: to me, it, it was, uh, inactivity was the biggest question and level of opponents. Like, he's in the UFC against a guy who's been a veteran for years and years since 2011, I think, is when I heard Not a question. not debut. a question
1: come on he'd already taken out guys like kawajiri kawajiri has been fighting professionally for like 15 years yeah, or something yeah. so <clears throat> either yeah. way
2: i mean y- you seem to be correct in this case because <laughs> well yeah. had a very easy time it's
1: amazing <laughs> i could say that right knowing the result has actually happened i am correct yeah he did no he went in there and he submitted it and it, I, I don't think it was a huge surprise is what we were expecting the question was was it was could he pull it off and he did but the question is, that what do we think of the performance? How do you
0: rate it? Well, even Crone said that he was hoping for a little bit more of a um, highly touted opponent, or a little bit. He wanted a, a bigger step up. He thought that Caceres was a little bit down from some of the fighters like Kawajiri and That's stuff. That's unusual, that, that he had
1: then, because UFC don't really give people tune up fights, right? It's
0: true. It's true. They, you want to go into the fire. UFC will, will throw you in there. Ben for Askren, sure. for example. Yeah, right. You know,
1: getting Robbie Lawler in his first UFC fight. Yeah.
0: No, I think there, there's always a question with the Jiu Jitsu guys, like how what's their striking like how are they able to close the distance what's their wrestling like you know they obviously we all knew know know that crone had great jujitsu but it's like does he have the striking to keep a long lanky guy like alex caceres at bay and does he have the wrestling to
2: get him down and I think, yeah, I mean... You didn't His see striking much. looked really good, too. You didn't he see did, much of it. He, yeah, did I it? Mean, he he <laughs> had some nice boxing combinations that did set up like a, a little shot there. Yeah, he, he like the slippery. crazy Stomp still in action. Man, right? I,
1: I think you have to be careful saying that because people used to say that Ronda had great, com- great striking. I didn't... S- I said improve Maybe I didn't say great <laughs> But improve better But they used to say that They used to say Oh she's such an effective striker And to be honest Joe Rogan you know, used to say that I think, <laughs> I, think, I think I think everyone else Was was. Like, eh, I don't know She did yeah. knock out Betch Kohea. So. True But I mean You wade in Behind a couple of punches Until they get the clinch And I didn't really see That much wrestling either Like you know The takedown that didn't hit was kind of not need much That's, that's, that's good
2: wrestling
0: I think Do it once Right It was like kind of <laughs> like That exact same um, Takedown that Henzo Gracie hit at Was that in Ryzen or- One was one? Yeah, yeah sorry, like one, yeah. one. Yeah, that's
2: right. Yeah, the, uh, the broom—they called the broomstick, right? Where you stick that leg all the way across that far hook yeah. on the inside of the leg.
0: Hmm. And I, I was watching it live, you know, and you're, yeah, I was like, obviously rooting for Kron, and I was like, all right, how's this going to go? And then as soon as he, as soon as he took him down, I was like, yes, over, it's, it's, it's over. done. No yeah. matter what, like <laughs> you just kind of knew that it, the end was was extremely nice. crazy.
2: Fact that I saw was it's the first Gracie win since 1994 in, in the UFC. Wow. Yeah, that is that's a, a long freaking time. It's 15
1: years. Well, to be fair only two Gracie's have fought in the UFC in that time, I believe. Uh, no, three. Three, actually. There was uh, there was um, Hollis had one UFC Hollis, fight. Henzo Kenza. had one UFC and fight. Hoist, and Hoist, Hoist came fights. back. Hodger yeah. yeah.
0: had a fight in the UFC, too.
1: Oh, he did? Yeah. He yeah. fought
0: uh, Tim Kennedy? Yeah, yeah, you're right. In the UFC? Um, that was at force He had one fight in the UFC, Hadjah. I think it up. might have been Tim Kennedy. It was, because he cut
1: like a massive amount of weight to get down to 185. And, I mean, if you've ever met Roger, he's not a
2: 185er. He's... Huge. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. like a big, big guy. So that weight cut like pretty much killed him, right? I'm sure the USC is very happy with a renewed interest from a stalwart, you know, jujitsu base really getting back into MMA action. I know I only tune in for my favorites, really, and so to have a, a guy like chrome winning in the usc is a big deal. I think. So, yeah, they don't have yeah. a lot of a lot of stars. That, I don't know. I'm a little bit on the outside of the <laughs> MMA stuff these
0: days, but it doesn't feel like they have a lot of stars, and it feels like. Cron- Cronin was really a star in the making. I loved, loved his post-fight interview when when John Anik like had this big big prepared question, and he was like, what do you think about that? And Cronin was just like, yeah. <laughs> and then he's
2: like, we're t- talking through the finish, and he's like, yeah, pretty basic stuff, man. Choked the shit out of him. <laughs> like, I just lo- <laughs> loved the attitude. Loved it is it. a little refreshing, right? Uh, some of the other jujitsu guys that may not be named come in talking a, a, a lot of trash and really trying to, to make a brand for themselves, and Cron seems to be going the other direction, branding himself as the, the maybe the anti-hero. Or the- well,
1: you just mentioned the magic words there, trash talk. Mm. And this is something that uh, that we posted on the site this morning, and uh, everybody's interested to see because Cron is a very good example of that, just the traditional stylist, jiu-jitsu guy, doesn't say a lot, lets the jiu-jitsu do the talking. And, and one of the best examples that we've ever had for that kind of thing in the sport is Marcelo Garcia, right? He's kind of like the the prototypical humble champion, Mm. right? Four-time ADCC champion, five-time IBJJF world champion, absolute legend in jiu-jitsu, one of the nicest, quietest, most friendly guys that you could hope to meet. And, you know, never any controversy attached to his name or anything like that. And uh, the the guys from Spider actually uh, passed through his his gym in New York, and they did a little interview with him. And they asked him about a potential comeback, which, to be honest, is a question that we've asked him, right? I think you you had that conversation with him, right, Reed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was out there for
0: um end end of last year and got to have a good conversation with him about about his comeback, and and it's not off the cards, go. right? Oh no, absolutely. I, I, to me, it sounded like he was very. Maybe not at that moment, but he definitely saw that down the road. Like he wanted to compete
2: again. It looked like, and so. he's talking about it more and more. I mean, that's yeah, encouraging sign, right?
1: And people are asking him more and more now because they think, oh wow, it's a possibility. Yeah. But uh, it was very interesting because there was a quote that that stood out because Marcelo said that yeah, you know, he's never officially retired. That you know he's definitely interested in uh, in coming back for a, a match, but he wants to go to. Quote, he wants to go to a big event that treats people good, that respects the fighters, an event that doesn't make their fighters talk trash about each other. So that's a pretty strong message, right? About not just Marcelo's personal feelings, maybe about the state of jujitsu as a whole, right? Mm -hmm. Because one thing that's happened a lot in the last couple of years is that there have been a number of high profile jujitsu athletes who have used the trash talking as a as a vehicle to, you know, really progress their careers. And it's no secret that a lot of guys in jiu-jitsu don't like that, right? They're really kind of against that thing. Now, for Marcelo to come out and say, I'm willing to come back, but somewhere where that is not the case, where that's not going to happen. What do you guys think about that?
2: I don't think uh, any promotions make their athletes talk trash. It's become sort of just common... Place to do, and it's it's riding off the coattails of MMA. And MMA, everyone talks about being a draw, and it's it's all over the forums and such that you have to create some interest in yourself as a as sort of a, a brand. And if if you are just an athlete, what separates you from another person? Marcelo has the great distinction of being one of the greatest of all times. His brand is made; yeah. he doesn't have to do any talking. Yeah. Uh, but as a hungry brown belt that's trying to get some pro shows, you know. What do you do besides win everything? You, you might need an extra edge. So I'm not necessarily pro trash talk. Some of it gets a little old. And if, if you're not good at it, it's really cringy. It's like the worst thing ever. But um, I see its place and why it exists. Yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting take on that. I think it, it is interesting
1: that Marcelo can – you know sit back and just kind of say well you know he's he's already got his name he doesn't need to go out there and, and market himself in any way shape or form everybody knows who marcelo is but what do you think reed do you think it's necessary for an up and comer to to have to talk the, the talk to well
0: i still think that trash talk in jiu jitsu like is still pretty mild like i don't think i You know, some people I, I see like you know saying it's a real big problem i don't i don't i think generally like the sport is still Generally, pretty respectful, like you know. But there obviously are a lot of big names, and people have have have, like you said, hung their hat on a lot of that stuff. And and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it, I'm not. You can't fault anybody for for trying to, you know, make a little bit of money in this sport, a little bit, you know. So and, and if and if you can drum up some interest, kind of anyway, any like in, in exactly like you said, you know, Marcelo doesn't have to drum up any interest. He won it all already, or not already, but he won it all, you know. So that's that's his his niche is that he is one of the greatest of all times um or if not the greatest of all time so um you know i I never fault anybody for for trying to drum up a little extra interest um you know certainly i think if anybody's trying to like talk
2: trash about Marcelo Garcia. Like, I, don't, th- I, don't th- I don't, think <laughs> yeah. it's going to be met uh, very well in the community. Uh, Quickest way to become ultimate heel. Yeah, like <laughs> I don't really know exactly
0: what you're going to talk trash about Marcelo about, mm. but um, you know. But hey, if you're, I I want to see people be, be authentic. Like that's really, mm. and if and if you're a confident young braggart, and that's like authentic to you, then like that's who I want to see. I don't want to see you not be that person. But if if like that person you are is a quiet, humble killer you know then be that person you know um, i I just like i want to see people be uh, the authentic selves i do think that dylan danis is being his authentic self
1: for for most of it um so that's just what i want to see no i mean it's no it's no secret that's that's been dylan's personality for a long time because um in 2017 dylan you know and the connection with marcello was severed because of that because of his antics his personality um Dylan, it's it's interesting. If we just go back to that situation, it was you know around a time when there was a lot of trash talk between Danaher Death squad and Marcelo Garcia Academy. Remember, yeah. like oh, you yeah. know Gary Gordon, those guys, they were you know warring with Dylan on social media, and the, the insults going back and forth, and challenges were being made and stuff. And uh, and like John Danaher, you know, he made a point of reaching out to Marcelo and kind of listen. You know, there's no like. There's no bad blood between our teams here. This is like you know the athletes are taking this upon themselves, um, but Marcelo has a much more of a hands-on role in kind of what he expects from his his uh, athletes in terms of conduct, shall we say? You know, and I think whereas John is is very much a libertarian in that respect, that he kind of lets the guys do what they need to do, and he focuses on the jujitsu. Marcelo is much more of the old-school kind of sensei, kind of like the traditional martial artist who's very much wrapped up in honor and respect, and he's like, you know, guys, if you're going to represent me, my team, it's my name on the door, you Mm -hmm. know, it's like, then he expects certain standards, and trash-talking was absolutely unacceptable to him, you know?
2: Well, let's not forget, too, that John Danaher is very involved in MMA, you know, he's George St. Pierre's coach, and very aware of what it means to be a draw and to yeah. sell and to make a name for yourself. So he's probably more accepting of antics and, and trash talk that would accomplish those goals instead of Marcelo, where in the past, Jiu-Jitsu really didn't have a pro scene and winning was all that mattered. So it's just two different, I think, backgrounds, really, and histories. Great point. Really is. But um, is it, isn't it interesting, though, that I, I think
1: that, that Marcelo's message was like, hey, no trash talking, please, you know, was met with, with such support. Because I, I definitely feel that there is like if, if you read the comments on social media in general, there does seem to be a little bit of i um, I'm not saying like a backlash, but it definitely seems that people are kind of a little getting a little bit over trash talk, you know. At least when they feel that it is, as you say, inauthentic. If it's forced, you know, it's uh, if it's manufactured simply to try and get attention, people can smell that a mile yeah. off,
2: right? I mean, I think the best example I can think of is is the rise of Conor McGregor, right? Like I, I remember being. Excited to watch him win when he when he called out like 50 Gs Dana after he won that fight and was just like so just like some young guy that's on the rise and like just pumped to be to be doing something big with his life um, and confident he, he was calling everybody out because he thought he could win but then he also switched right I think around the Jose Aldo fight where he became a little bit more negative and, and attacking and I didn't like it as much it's like man this is a little bit too negative for me it's not really fun so I think good trash talk should be kind of fun you know and um I think Kid Dale has like fun trash talk, right? He makes kind of memes <laughs> and harasses his opponents a little bit online, but it's it's a good fit yeah. You can it's jest, yeah. But you also kind of want to see more. Like, what what is that <laughs> yeah. funny guy going to do today? <laughs> but, well, that is definitely
1: authentic, Kid, right? Playing the Joker, so. Cool. Well, um, moving on. Other announcements that we have in Jiu Jitsu Fight to Win uh, just dropped um, a a really, really cool main event match for Fight to Win 105. That takes place March 15th in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, check this out, guys. You got a uh, gi match between Isaac Bayens and Vitor Oliveira. What do you guys think about that? (laughs) It's crazy, man. It's a fun one. It's a good one, right? 2018 world champion, Isaac Bayens.
0: And then Vitor got. I believe um, third at lightweight, right? So he's a, he's a
1: bronze medalist in 2018. And also, man, I've lost count. masters
2: two world champions more, right. <laughs> more than multiple times. So. I've lost
1: count of the amount of weight classes that Vitor Oliveira has fought in as well, because he's literally fought everything from lightweight to middle heavy and medaled uh, everything. It's like it's absolutely incredible what a, a badass competitor he is. But Isaac Byens, world champion last year, uh, world pro champion last year. I mean, even this year alone, he's already won Europeans. And I heard through the grapevine that Isaac is looking for the Super Grand Slam this year. Ooh. Yeah. He yeah, wants Isaac to do, doesn't lose, man. He's he's, good. He knows how to win, right? But he wants to do what Cabrini did. He wants to do Euros, Pans, Brazilian Nationals, Worlds, and ADCC. And I imagine, because he's always there, I can see him doing World Pro as well
2: again. Absolutely. I'm sure he's got the, got the invitation to go. When is um, Fight2Win105? Is that right around Brazilian trials, right afterwards?
1: Uh, fight to win 105 is about two weeks before. Before. It's a a week before PANS. Gotcha. Yeah, so 105 is a week before PANS. So he's actually going to have a busy month because he'll do fight to win PANS the week after, and then he'll
2: have to get back to Brazil quick for like a week later because he'll have ADCC trials. And I don't know how those guys stay in shape. Like, I get injured (laughs) every time I want to compete, and they're competing every single weekend. So it's... It's such a testament to their will and uh, desire to win. The Absolutely, best. I mean, Izak
1: is a he's a, he's an incredible competitor, right? He's really prolific. He's out there all the time, and pretty much any any federation, you know, a, he doesn't necessarily mix up the rule set so much. He's definitely much more of a, a points player. You know, we haven't really seen him sort of deviate from that too much. But uh, I just love the fact that he's he's planning such a big
2: run for 2019 as well. That's huge, right? Yeah, you can't have a bigger goal than that. I think win everything, including ADCC. So, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. But I just love that
0: we've been following Izak for the last four years so closely. And we, you know, he's an elite brown belt for a while, and, and to see him have the success that he's had now at black belt, you know, it, it's cool just to be able to see these guys, as we've done this for a number of years now, start at purple belt or, or blue belt, you know, and now to see them at, at black belt, like, is just incredible. And and Izak is one of those guys who's just been like, just as soon as he got
2: his black belt, I mean, he's just been flying. What I like about that match with Vitor is it's not really a clash of styles, it's just like a clash of heads. Those guys (laughs) are both just bulls, right? just going to go at each other 100%. I believe that they've, uh, they've, they, 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 they met. I want to say
1: it, Worlds.
0: Yeah, we've been possibly. talking a lot
1: about Izak though, but Vitor
0: absolutely as well. One of our favorites to watch. Look out for some big hip tosses. Yeah, are we, coming, I mean, man. I remember that one year, 2017, I think Masters Worlds there, where he was just hawking everybody. Oh yeah, and that it's was that
1: killer shoulder throw, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: And so now I think a lot of people are are looking out for it. A lot of people are kind of expecting. Them. Not a lot of people uh, want to stand with him. A lot of lot of guard pulling mm. in Vitor's matches from there, from after that, <laughs> um, on on the other guy's account, but. Vitor also just a, a killer out there, very capable as well of, of winning worlds. He's been close a number of times. Um, <clears throat> Vitor should make it fun.
1: So, big question is that that is one bigger than the the super grand slam. If he was to do world pro and as do well, world pro, yeah. what do we call that? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll get back to you on that Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Mega Grand Slam mega, The Uber mega Grand super. Slam
0: What do we call that? Hyper Grand Slam, who knows Let us know in the comments what you would call it Yeah,
1: please do We don't have any ideas off the top of our heads <laughs> So uh, we got a, a couple of really cool events coming up we got Spider uh, coming up on March 2nd uh, It's the weekend after next in uh, in Korea Great event Yeah, you've both been there I'm super jealous Both of you guys been to Korea to see Spider uh, What's it like? It's definitely one of the most
0: well-produced events you know we've ever seen. I mean, especially these days, we're just seeing better and better jiu-jitsu events. But I do think that that spider, you know, has put, has put themselves in a, in a class of their own, and and just the um, you know, the the, the audience over there is different. You know, the the uh, the Asian
2: is that they seem to really you know be in, into it, and um, uh, it's certainly a special show. I mean, people turn up and, and they're looking forward to it, and they rent out a, a what looks like a theater, and it's very modern. They have a it's just incredible it it it's the next level, I think. And and then this
0: yeah. this this um this bracket here, I mean, I think the, the ones that we, that we went to were stacked as well, but this one is just, like, insanely stacked. It's got everybody who you want to see
2: uh, on it, you know. And Mateus Lutz, uh, tanquino's on there, Levi Jones-Leary's there, uh, Casheño, Roberto Jimenez is in the next division up, the 100-kilogram division, which also features Calasans, Tinoco, Tim Spriggs, Hudson Mateus, I mean, Mateus-Denise. That's, that's who you want to see. Stacked. That's who you want to see. It's, it's insane. You know? And I love the, the mix of belts, right? That's kind of Spider's thing. Is, is, exactly. it, is they have guys that are they kind of belts are dis-
0: disregarding the belts, which is interesting. I think that Spider's the one that le- kind of leading that charge, it seems. That's yeah, unexpected really, really is,
1: right? Purple, brown, and black belts combined in just two weight classes. You kind of think that's almost a little bit unfair, but to be honest. We've seen some really surprising results come out of this, right? Because you have guys like um, like, uh, brown belt lightweight Jonathan Alves going out uh, and beating black belt Paulo Miao, who's featherweight, you know? Uh, and Sheen,
2: Shane Jameel Hill-Taylor. Yeah. You know, same event. So. Same right. event,
1: yeah. So there's, there's so many intriguing matches that you would never otherwise get to see by mixing these belts and, and weight classes together. Uh, I mean... Thing is, though, belts is something in, it's kind of sacrosanct in jiu jitsu, right? That people are really, really like strict about the belts in terms of like, you know, sandbagging is frowned upon. Mm. Uh, you know, this is a great way fake, to get rid of that. <laughs> fake belts is even more frowned upon, right? If you go up a belt when you're not supposed to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so by just disregarding all that and just putting them all in the same pool, like, wow, I mean, that's kind of like really breaking tradition, right?
2: I'm all for it. You know, we've talked about this a little bit on the show before, and I think, um, A, the results prove that these kids can do it, that, that the elite younger generation purple belts and brown belts may not be as seasoned, but they could win a seven-minute match, you know, against anyone on the right day. So to me, it's just a lot of fun. I think it's uh, maybe the next evolution in pro jiu-jitsu.
0: Yeah, definitely, you know, it, uh, you can't argue with, like, the matches that it's produced. Uh, it always produced exciting matches. There's always, like, a little bit more on the line when a brown belt goes up against a black belt, right, you know, right? There's just, like, a little bit more pride, a little bit more ego in those matches, it feels like. Um, a lot to lose, right? Yeah, yeah, there's a lot to lose, and the, the other guy has a lot to, to gain yeah. by beating a black belt, you know? So it does make things just, like, a extra layer of interesting. Um, but, you know, I, I definitely wouldn't say, like, I definitely still still think that like we need belts in jiu-jitsu and, oh, I, def- yeah. and I definitely like wouldn't want to see that like see us do away with belts or anything like that you know i know also we saw a lot of purple belts and blue belts and brown belts do well at adcc trials which mm-hmm. is another another event that doesn't really um that disregards belts altogether. possibly the best example
1: actually yeah. right because it is literally it's based purely on merit it does not matter what your belt is at adcc because just you know, how savage are you? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, you, you're not prohibited from using certain techniques. You know, you literally you go out there and it's just uh, weight class. That's it. Open to everybody. You could be a freaking white belt. It doesn't matter if you're a good grappler. You go in there and you prove it just by the matches. So I think there's a lot to be said for that.
0: But we like to in jiu-jitsu we really like to like um you know of course we're not black belts but but you you're a black belt uh you know so we like to to wear that badge of honor you know and oh, we yeah. like to and we like to say that jiu-jitsu is the hardest martial art to get your black belt in and and the black belt really does genuinely mean something you know in this in this martial art where maybe it means more than in, in, in other martial arts or something like that but um so I I definitely th- like think that the the belt system does mean something in jiu-jitsu and just because like a guy like um you know off the top of my head like william tackett who's a purple belt and, and is very capable he beats some black belts you know on his way but i don't think that means that like we should he should just be automatically upgraded to a black belt well same right? for
1: nicky ryan that's example right yeah, because people as, have as been well. saying oh come on how can you just give him a purple belt it's like the like guy's 17 like imagine the furor imagine the 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 kind of the blowback if they kind of were like, yeah, you know what? Give the kid a black belt. That would just destroy everything that everybody's worked to, <laughs> exactly you know, w- towards for generations, you know? And <laughs> the, you can't, you can't. there's got to be some kind of accountability and some kind of standards. It's got to mean something.
2: Well, right? to, to flip the perspective a little bit too, we're talking about like outlying elite cases that are pretty rare. What, one thing I've noticed and we travel all the time to gyms all over the world, elite training gyms with, with amazing athletes as well as just local gyms when we're on vacation And a blue belt feels like a blue belt most of the time. Mm -hmm. Most of the time I go somewhere, that that purple belt is about what I expect from other purple belts anywhere in the world. So despite being pretty informal and and loosely organized, the belts do kind of do a good job of of categorizing a majority of of participants in jiu-jitsu. Until they don't. Until because they know. It's true, funny, right? What like you do saying. know what to what to expect from mm. a, a purple belt kind of
0: anywhere in the world. You maybe maybe he's got, you got a bunch of these techniques, but you know a blue belt probably doesn't have those techniques. So y- you're right. It, it does do a good job.
1: It, it, but until it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Because then sometimes you meet that killer blue belt or killer purple belt. Oh, well, he's a filthy cheater. A, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that's, that's literally a world class competitor, and you realize there's levels to this, mm-hmm. right? Because um, we've long said that, you know, a world-class, a world champion blue belt, you know, to go to Worlds, win seven matches in, like, a stacked division and stuff, that guy… That's very hard to do. Very hard to do. <laughs> and the, the level of dedication, level? training, preparation, investment that goes into something like that that, that is something that normal people don't do. Right. So, for the average guy who trains, let's say three, four times a week as a hobby or something, if even if he's a brown or black belt, that blue belt will usually murder them, like straight up murder them.
2: And I've been murdered, right? I mean, you, <laughs> By that you, kid, <laughs> you, you, yeah. you
1: guys are both very solid purple belts, you know, and you've gone out there and you've gone to certain gyms and you've rolled a purple belts that don't feel like normal purple belts,
2: right? They feel like, hang on.
1: That's the kind of shit you'd expect from a black belt. There's right? definitely a
2: competitor tag, right? Like, if anyone is a, a competitive athlete that has a chance of making the podium at any of the majors, they're going to be a, they're going to be a step above. Yeah, but that's okay. I, I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, um, these are these are guys trying to be professional athletes, right? They should be better than
0: than hobbyists so. <laughs> or, or whatever. You know, like. And, and it it's not just be.
1: technical knowledge at that point also, right? It's, it's wrapped up in the, the, the physical abilities, the athleticism, and so on.
0: And it doesn't matter. Like, blue belt worlds, white belt worlds, purple belt worlds, like, that should be difficult to win. Like, mm-hmm. they shouldn't be just g- giving those medals out. That's a difficult thing to win, and you and you have to put work, no matter really the, the belt
2: level, you have to put a lot of work to win those tournaments. But uh, to bring it back to the, the Spider conversation, um, I do think there's a strong case to have... People that do reach those upper echelons of, of talent and skill to let them be tested at higher levels. Yeah. Why, why hold them back? Why if some kid is 16 and still a juvenile too, maybe he gets injured and he'll, he'll lose interest or something like that. Let let him go as far as he wants when he has the time. And I think um, maybe we'll keep more athletes around. Maybe more brands will develop based on talent because think about this. If you're a perp about winning a bunch of stuff, a lot of people really won't pay attention to you except if it's their job too like us but if you're a purple belt and you suddenly get the opportunity to beat a black belt, like this kid uh, Mikhail, Mikhail Galvao in Brazil the orange belt beating black belts suddenly everyone knows that kid's name True. because he's mm-hmm. beating True. elite people and he's doing it just by winning so if he was a, if he was just a 16 year old black belt beating <laughs> being other black belts it kind of loses his charm a little <laughs> bit but, but let, let him have the orange belt right let him yeah, keep yeah. winning at, uh, he's a blue belt now I guess but yeah. still
1: um, I, I, one thing I like about Spider as well is that they're not just inviting any purple belts to make up the numbers here either you know these are world class in, in, in their own own right. Uh Anderson Muniz, who's the the, the purple belt there from Novo Neo, he's gonna be fighting brown belt Roberto Jimenez. It's uh, a great match. It is a great match. Young, young com- you know, come- you know, comers. Anderson's a European champion most recently there in Portugal. Uh, obviously we saw Roberto you know succeed at the highest levels as a, as a as a purple belt himself. Now he's a brown belt, but these are two you know top of the tree competitors in their own right. Uh, whoever's gonna go through in that match is going to face either 2015 IBJJF and ADCC absolute champion Claudio Calasanz or his opponent Marcus Tonoco
2: which is so cool that's so crazy to me that we might see Roberto versus Calasanz that's, that's like fun such a badass match fun bracket. Right? really is
1: so yeah Spider gonna be a lot of fun coming up on March 2nd uh you'll be able to watch that live or I think that's gonna be on Friday night with the time difference um, For us in the states, yeah. Yeah, if you if you go to the event page and uh, hit schedule, we've actually got the uh, we've got the time zones and stuff listed, so you'll be able to tune in. But of course, we'll be X- expect like a lot more. Videos. Uh, how convenient!
2: A lot more content next week about Spider. You'll definitely be aware of the event because we're very excited about it.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. We have somebody going there as well, so it'll be great to uh, to cover that. And, fingers crossed, later this year, I'll get the chance to go, too, because uh, both you guys have been...
2: Ooh, I already kind of wanted to go. (laughs)
1: Oh, I'll fight for it. (laughs) You are the black belt here, so... (laughs) I don't know about that right now. I haven't been training much. You could probably beat me, so... (laughs) But, uh... I can't. You know, (laughs) 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 Speaking of um, mixing belts, uh, this is interesting because, you know, we're talking about competition and... um, about how belts are, you know, get mixed together in certain promotions, but there's uh, there's an initiative taking place in Florida at the moment, Chase, that I believe you're going to tell us about that uh, kind of is mixing belts together as well. It's a small part of it, but why don't you tell us?
2: Absolutely, what's going on? it's a super exciting project. I just became aware of um, that Ricardo Laborio is spearheading down in Florida and Central Florida near Orlando. Uh, it's called Now you're gonna have to Forgive me on this uh, My Portuguese is pretty bad Hesanha Hesanha, Hesanha. Rezana Rez, Rezana I, I believe, Yes uh, Hesanha. Hesanha, Hesanha. Which means hangout in, in English And it's uh it's getting jujitsu in the collegiate system. It's a really cool project that I, I I just learned a little bit about this morning, so bear with me if I'm skipping some details here. But essentially at this first event, which takes place very soon on March 2nd at 10 AM at uh, University of Central Florida, there's gonna be three main uh I guess events that are happening inside this one major event. There's gonna be a seminar, which is gonna have uh Jezri Matuda, Adolfo Vieira, and there's one more... Jacare. Jacare, that's right. Jacare Damn, is going to be there. that's a hell of a seminar. It's a hell of a seminar. And I'm sure uh, Laborio will be also speaking at that as well. And then there's going to be an open mat segment of the event where everyone can get together and train and hang out and meet one another. But then there will also be competition, as we mentioned earlier, between only university students present. So the idea is that it gets everyone involved. You know, Laborio is saying to me that only really 5% or so of, of Regular training partners are competitors at a gym. Oh, yes, right. Everyone else is there just to have a good time, to improve their lives, and do something fun. He wants everyone to be involved in this event. And so he's really excited to also get more people aware about jiu-jitsu at this event because in October, he's actually going to have classes at UCF, an elective class, not a a rec class that you sign up for, but you must be a student at UCF to learn jiu-jitsu. So nice. jiu-jitsu has officially made it into the U.S. collegiate system, which is pretty damn cool, I think. Wow. Well, I <laughs> mean,
1: we've often talked about uh, the UAE is a, a leading example of putting jiu-jitsu in the educational system, but people have often asked, like, man, you know, or wondered how cool would that be to have it as, like, a college sport here in the States and stuff. That's that's kind of an interesting proposition.
2: Absolutely. And, and uh, what Laborio is doing here is, is definitely leaving that, option open you know the, the idea is not competition focused or driven he wants jiu-jitsu to spread to all but uh if it turns into a team versus team thing where other schools can compete against one another that component exists but uh there's a whole nother charity element too where he's getting a uh, basically any people involved with their communities and uh he's getting into high schools there already so Laborio's is really doing some really cool things in florida right now because because some schools some universities or or, or colleges they'll they'll have like you know
1: maybe some classes here or there right but i think this isn't just a case of like some independent um coach or, or or teacher kind of just offering a class
2: to some guys he's actually trying to institute and grow something a little bit bigger is that right absolutely he's he's integrating with the school system itself and again it's it's not just a physical activity it's a a culture where people help one another and he's he's really driving home that jiu-jitsu is more than just just another sport so he's definitely connecting with other faculty members and it sounds like a really exciting project We'll definitely be following up with a little bit more information there soon, but just want to give a shout-out to Laborio and uh, let you guys know about that. Could you imagine if, like, Penn State had a jujitsu jitsu team? They kind of like, already do. Like, like <laughs> Iowa <laughs> had, a, had, a, had a jiu-jitsu team. Like, that would be insane. That oh, would we'll be wild, right? <laughs> it seems to be a Florida-bred concept, right? Wagner Wagner Hosha has his major league of jujitsu. jitsu I think that's what they call it, and mm-hmm. that's team-based as well by state that he's trying to get going. So. Oh, oh. Um, maybe some, some think tanks going on down there, some group think. But uh, I'm very excited to see where this goes. And it's great to see Jiu-Jitsu make it in the schools, you know, and um, to get everyone involved. So I like that quite a bit.
1: Could be super cool. Um, moving on, uh, one thing that we wanted to talk about, it's in the title of the podcast this week, is that uh, we wanted to talk about emerging talents in 2019. Ooh. Because there are lots of them, right? That's <laughs> Just humble wait. as ever, but uh, <laughs> we talked. I don't know, lots, this mustache has g-
0: got it, bringing out a little, little,
1: <laughs> a little different side. Of Feeling change. ornery, <laughs> yeah, getting confident. Yeah, <laughs> back down. So. <laughs> but no, we talked a lot about emerging talents in 2019. We talked a lot, for example, about Levi Jones-Leary, right, because of his incredible performance, going out and beating Lucas Lepre uh, Europeans in in his you know not his first major technically because he fought in the Abu Dhabi Grand Slam a week before but you know he it was one of his first major black belt competitions and uh and and levi you know he he got the attention of the entire community by doing that right lots of people have been talking about him so it's no secret that he is obviously an emerging talent and somebody to keep an eye on going ahead in in 2019 but um there are some other names out there as well, right? There are some other guys who are, who are poised to do great things. Um, and you know, who, who's out there? Because you know, we're always looking for the next big thing,
2: right? And people always want to know about these up-and-comers. Who have you got? Who's on your radar? Man, you can't deny. I think we're both going to say the same thing here. The Tackett brothers. Oh, ooh. Those two kids. But it doesn't it look belts. like he was going to say that. <laughs> but, are we emerging da- black belts? or I mean, I'd say emerging talents. Oh, okay, I, okay. I,
1: I would kind of look to brown or black because i think that there's a lot of like uh new black belts coming through and it's always like some brown belts because we had a lot of black a lot of brown belts were promoted last year to black and now there's a lot of other brown belts out there kind of you know doing their thing that it's their time to shine you know this is their season so
2: well i'm still gonna vote Tackett bros because <laughs> they, they've uh will the, the older one who's 17 has podium twice at 80cc trials uh, mm-hmm. both east and west coast that's pretty damn amazing for some kid that I, I knew about. He's he's locally known really well here in Texas, uh, and suddenly he's kind of made a name for himself on a, a national stage. So to me, that if that's not emerging talent, I don't. I don't Man, know Man, it's is. great
0: that it, that it really is great. I I do agree that it's great that ADCC allows that and allows these guys who have the talent to compete with with black belts to, to make names for themselves. Because you're totally right, right? You know, because William has been winning blue belt juvenile. Uh, Tournaments for a while, and he just got his purple belt. But I'm sure he's already got some purple belt tournaments under his under his belt as well. And so, so he doesn't really get the chance to, you know, get the the shine right. But ADCC really does give all those guys a chance, and so it is great that that more people are learning about. Him and, and a bunch of uh, those other guys, Mason Fowler, not a, not a black belt as Ooh, well. That's another good
1: pick. Yeah, because the the problem is a lot of these um, brown belts, especially with the divisions, usually run in at the same time as black belt divisions. Obviously, our focus is going to be on the black belts, and it's, sometimes it's difficult for us to give the brown belts comprehensive coverage at these major events, like say you know IBJJF Europeans or Pans or whatever it might be. Uh, we do our best right but there's only so much you can do when lucas leprey's fighting over there and you know this up-and-coming brown belt yeah, over exactly. there it's a it's, a, it's a not a difficult choice yeah but i mean looking at those guys though the brown belts of today the black belts of tomorrow mm-hmm. you know and those guys are, uh, are, are poised to have great careers in the sport so what about specifically IBJJF? as we're getting deeper into the season now are there any guys competing on the circuit who stand out for you guys I have one, for example. I'd like to talk about Brown Belt, who's really just going out there and pretty much winning a lot of things at the moment. Is uh, Ronaldo Junior from Atos? Oh
0: man, killer dude! I was there. I was there last week for um, doing some content for ADCC, and I I went to their Atos competition class. Man, Ronaldo Junior really stuck out to me. He was all over the place, so (laughs) so athletic, so you know, just like really intense jiu-jitsu um and he was running guys down you know that's a big man he was running guys <laughs> left and right and like i you couldn't not watch Ronaldo jr because like he was just going crazy and it was the atos competition class with keenan and michael lear jr plenty of guys to watch right But I was like, I I was like fixated on Ronaldo Junior because he looked he looked
1: so good. You you said the word intense. He is like he brings an intensity to whether it's competition or training. I I remember, I don't even remember exactly which tournament it was, but it was a major one, and he won gold as you'd expect. Uh, He has a habit of doing that, and um, you know he came off the mat with a a little bit of a grin, a little bit of a smile. Which, if you know Ronaldo, he doesn't do that a lot. Yeah, 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 but. It was funny because all of his teammates were making fun of him, and they were like, ah, finally, he's smiling about something. He is so intense. Sounds like Jameel.
0: Everybody's making fun of Jameel because he smiled, too. That's so funny. funny. Let these guys show a little emotion. (laughs) Teammates. They'll never do it again. I I know. (laughs) I yeah. think
2: uh, Ronaldo brings up another another name Jake Watson so those two have been going head to head a lot Ronaldo they and Jake have. and yeah. Jake is based uh, there in Arizona and a really fantastic guard and, and crazy triangles he's always seemingly riding someone around the mat as they carry him in a triangle but yeah, yeah
0: he's funny he's, he's got a fun style he's Jake.
2: He, I think he's due for a black belt soon he's fantastic to watch and you mentioned uh, Mason Fowler was
1: there that's a great one obviously he just won 80CC trials but Mason's a brown belt right
0: yeah yeah and a very recent brown belt too you know he, he won worlds at um Ultra heavyweight, right? Twenty in twenty eighteen at ultra heavyweight and purple belt. At purple belt mm-hmm. and then got, got just got his brown belt right after that. So he's not even a year at Brown Belt. Um, you know, I just saw that he's gonna be training with Kyle Terra and Yuri Smoy's full time now, move. which I think is yeah, I mean you can't get much of a better move than that, in my opinion. A lot of big guys over there. Benji Silva. Um, so that's a great place for him, I think, and I think that'll do wonders. I mean he's already you know, he's already beaten just about everybody. You know, in his way thus far. So, but I want to. There's a there's a guy I want to highlight here. I don't know if you guys know. He see he won he won uh, he became an ADCC champion as a brown belt just very recently. Got his black belt. Go on. I don't know if you guys remember. Chael Sonic okay. is going to be okay. on a tear. That's right. In 2019, I'm telling you guys, keep an
2: eye out on him. Look at he him just got his eye. black belt. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I like about Chael is Chael's like, oh, I'm not a martial artist. I'm a cage fighter and all this stuff. But yeah, he's quietly going to gi classes, making yeah. his I way through that. the ranks, quietly getting his black belt, getting his it's black belt. You know, so shout out to Chael. that's a really cool accomplishment. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Good. And it, for good. real, hopefully, I do. We do see him at 2019 ADCC. I, I would, I would
1: watch him again. Or so. just doing some masters competitions, wrecking people yeah That'd yeah be fun. but uh going back to the emerging talents there's one other name as well which i think that this guy uh it's not really a secret because you know he uh got his black belt in the middle of last year and he's been winning a lot and he's been competing at the highest level but i feel that this is potentially um going to be one of the most successful first year black belts that we've ever seen and that's Kainan duarte mm, again yeah. from atos now this guy Man, we've been following him since he was a purple belt because he qualified for ADCC in 2017 as a purple belt by winning the Brazilian Trials, which is huge. And then he gets his brown belt, and he goes to ADCC, and he taps out in his first match, ADCC legend, former champion, Pablo Popovich. Let's uh, just it's show markers yeah, yeah, he was 18 at the time. That was like, what, what an incredible, you know, big deal it is for a guy to do that kind of thing. And then from there, of course, he was an incredible competitor at Brown Belt, won everything, and then got his black belt just after Worlds last year. And uh, and what's he doing now? Well, when he went. Europeans. <laughs> yeah, he went. He competed at Pan Nogi, took silver in the absolute to Gordon Ryan. Came back, won Nogi Worlds as a black belt, won Europeans as a black belt. You know, he's going to compete at Pan's. You know he's going to compete at uh, all the majors. I think that he's got a great shot to win it all. I really do. I, there are very few people that I see stopping Kynan Duarte at that weight class. I mean, he's just a, the guy's an absolute killer. He's training with you know in possibly the toughest room in the world. What what, what limits are there for this guy?
2: It's a great point. I yeah. can't really think of any. Yeah, no, you're <laughs> totally
0: right. I
1: mean, you know, like I said, I think the
0: secret is is out with Kynan. Um, you know, he looks like such a mature black belt you like you would never guess that he's only been a black belt for six months or whatever you know <laughs> just the way he goes out there and competes against the the best guys in the world he, he looks so mature he looks so composed composed um especially in his match with with gordon ryan there you know i think he was like he wanted that match right i you know he he bumped up to ultra heavy for that match right so like i said I, he just looked looks like such a composed mature um athlete and i think that you know he's gonna go extremely far absolutely
1: well a couple of uh more news items this weekend Uh, we were supposed to have the flow grappling showdown unfortunately Mm -hmm. for a variety of reasons that event has been postponed not canceled postponed were for a date tvd but um everybody's still invested in it we're certainly invested in it because man i was really looking forward to that you guys had your flights to san diego you were going to head down but um atos versus gf team will go ahead uh at a, a future date still going to go ahead the teams of man the teams are actually really excited about this right uh, all the
0: teams i I feel like across the board you know i I think a team versus team event is is something that needs to happen and and will happen very soon in the future just just uh, not this weekend but very soon in the future you know jiu-jitsu so tribal i think everybody was getting behind their teams and and, uh, i I think if nothing else if that that unfortunately that the event is is being moved on but uh, there's a lot of silver linings in, in that
1: yeah i mean everybody if anything, was so excited yeah
2: absolutely if anything the the willingness to postpone the event and not just cancel it move on it says a lot so
1: oh yeah these guys are uh, they're invested and, and i think reed is right if anything that it could be a blessing in disguise because uh just gives us time to improve things grow things make it even more special so look out for that and uh to finish up uh this weekend we've got a great event on uh uh, live on uh, on the site again, February twenty third, Grapple Fest four, featuring Craig Jones in the main event up against Gabriel Arges. Main event: Lachlan Giles versus Bradley Hill, and then um, third from the top, Fion Davis versus Christine Martin as well. Three very intriguing matches. What do we think?
2: It's a lot of fun, man. It's uh, the main, I know the main events at least are fifteen minutes, submission only, no points, uh, referee's decision if it comes to uh, no sub at the end of the time limit. And, man, it's, it's hard to pick Craig Jones versus Gabriel. There's such a great clash of styles, as we yeah. say. And um,
1: You got to speak to Craig as well, I right? I did, I so. did. And,
2: and Craig is very pumped. You know, he was originally supposed to face Jackson Souza, and then it was he was more excited to hear that he could face someone like Gabriel Arges because Gabriel is so accomplished in another style. He's a, a world champion in the gi. Hasn't really done any events that I can think of uh, since 2015, I want to say, where heel hooks and reaping and things like that are legal. So, of course, those being Craig's main weapons. It'll be very interesting how that, that plays out. And uh, Gabriel seems very well prepared. Though. He's training with Hamlo and the boys, a lot of ADCC experience in that room. So, I, I cannot wait to see how this match unfolds. I love um, Gabriel Arge's kind of rededication, it feels like, to,
0: um, to competition. It feels like, you know, he did the uh, King of Mats out there in LA and he's doing a lot of different styles, a lot of different um, rule sets. Oh, he and did King of Mats like in Abu Dhabi and winning and, and that. And That's right. He did both. do both, yeah. though. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. King of Mats, he won in, in January. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so I love that he's like you know, just jumping into all these different you know it's it's um what is it it's a it's, uh, February so like, you know this isn't t- technically nogi season but he's getting ready for trials oh, so that's that's, trials.
1: that's what it is so basically ADCC trials at the end of March got it, got in it. Brazil you have to think that this is this is Gabrielle looking uh, forward to that. You know, man, it's quite a, a test of, too, right? It's, it's, it's quite not, a matter of warm up, I'd <laughs> yeah. say. No, absolutely yeah, right. not. It's a big challenge, but it, you know, there's no secret that the Gracie Baja Northridge guys have been training a lot of no recently, and um, you know, with the view to go to ADCC later this year. So, I think Gabrielle versus Craig is uh, a really intriguing match. I think it's absolutely incredible. Like you say, big clash of styles, um, clash a of number of things. Actually, I'd say Craig's got probably a. a, a of a physical advantage over gabriel but as we bigger. know gabriel's an incredible technician
2: uh, in his own right amazing back takes and he's got leg locks too he, he does. does he's got that knee bar but i i was thinking he should avoid the 50 50 position with craig that's one of his positions though right it is it is but i think craig craig wins out on that one but uh looking back at some old footage uh, craig has been on grapple fest before he faced Mateus denise at grapple fest too and, it, again, uh, IBJJF style is taking on kind of the submission-only guy. And what we saw in that match was Mateus really trying to move around Craig, and he was afraid to penetrate. Not afraid, but Go underneath he, him. he was, wasn't going through the guard. And so sort of a stalemate. I think Craig is willing to change his strategy this time. That's one of the things he talked about in our interview was, um, should the match look like a stalemate, he's willing to open up his game a bit more this time around. I
1: think he's had to learn that the hard way, right? Because he had yeah. that horrible match with Tokino, and he had a, a very uneventful match with Mateus Denise as well. Um, and you know the, the the sub only rule set, um, they just let guys go, right? It wasn't necessarily the same. Uh, there's no call to action. Yeah, so, yeah. No no power. Yeah. Yeah. so um, you know I, I think it's nice that the Craig is is prepared to do that because he understands that you know you've got to be active to win under the rule set, and simply holding position doesn't count, especially with the Grapple Fest rules as well. Because he said himself, the example of Gianni Grippo versus Rockin- Ross Nichols on the mm. last Grapple Fest event, Gianni passed Ross's guard twice. But Ross's heel hook attempts leg lock attempts counted for more under the judging criteria. It's much like fight to win, right? Submission sure. attempts above all above all else. So, you know, Craig knows that he's going to have to be active in looking for a finish because Gabriel's obviously going to be looking to advance position.
2: So, but I think uh, styles. a big difference there too is Gabriel might be more of a student of the game than some of Craig's past opponents and, uh, I'm sure he's done his homework, watched a lot of tape. He knows, A, what, what Craig is going to do, and B, I think what the competition requires. So yeah. it's going to be a g- g- great matchup.
1: Hear that. Yeah, I look like forward that to that. Grapple Fest 4 this weekend on Flow Grappling.
0: Guys. And Lachlan Giles and Bradley Hale. It's a great one. Fionn, always good to see see her out there
1: too. So there's a bunch of good matches there. Be a lot of fun. So uh, we'll do this again soon. I think if you say good, so. Good, <laughs> good time to, uh, to cap it this week. Uh, a lot of interesting news, and I'm sure a lot more to come. Jiu-Jitsu never stops. More events. Lots more to come. Guys, we'll see you again next episode.